Welcome to The Numbers Game. I'm Jason, and as always, I'm here with Nick and Marty, and we have another epic episode coming your way. But guys, how are we going? All well? Going well, Jace. Uh, like this episode, we're going to get a little bit more logical this time around and uh, uh, talk about things that we know a lot about, So, which is a good thing, because the last three, we've been really generic, haven't we? So it's good to get back into the nuts and bolts of numbers. Nick, how are you going? Oh, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. No, I agree. We've had very much a business focus lately and, um, you know, how to ignore recessions and, and, uh, and buck trends and all that sort of stuff. But um, back to some consumer stuff today and some one percenters, I guess you could say, bringing back the one percenters, which is, um, yeah, and we're right in your wheelhouse, Marty, home loans. How to save money, so I'm expecting big things from you today. Well, uh, speaking of home loans, this episode is proudly brought to you by Innovate, experts in all things finance, wealth, commercial lending, cars, and equipment. Is there anything the boys and girls at Innovate can't do? If you need help, check it out, innovate.com.au. And now, Marty, we are talking all things home loans and plans of attack and navigating the next, you know, 6, 12, 18 months. There's some interesting stats that you're going to share with us. Um, I'll throw to you, mate. Lead the way. Thanks, Jace. Well, I think the big question that's being asked by a lot of people at the moment is, uh, you know, what should I do in regards to interest rates on my mortgage? Uh, people are going, given circumstances, should I refix? Uh, should I go to variable? What do I do? So people are obviously in a panic. So I wanted to give some information around it. Uh, there's going to be about 800,000 fixed loan contracts that are expected to end this year's rates continue to rise, which is huge. And I think given uh, tomorrow's meeting, which is uh, will be the 7th of Feb on the Reserve Bank, we'll probably get another hit on interest rates, uh, probably by 025 so basically, a third of the whole lending market is coming off fixed rates over the course of the next 12 months. But interestingly enough, um, AFG, who is our aggregator who we deal through uh, in the finance space, released some really interesting data. And they're saying that it's been the lowest take-up of fixed rates uh, that they've ever seen for the last 10 years. Uh, in fact, only 4.8% of all loans that were written in uh, in December or the three months to December were fixed rate loans. So, which makes sense because we're obviously at the high end of the cycle, um, and it's quite quite extraordinary that that's as uh, that's a that's as low a stat as I've seen as well. So it was 34% last year people writing fixed rate loans. Just to give you. A little bit of a balance of what the difference is in the last 12 months. So I think given what we're seeing, I mean, I looked at some interesting stats and and I looked at this time last year, if you're on an 800 grand mortgage at 2%, uh, your repayment per month was $2,957. And that equivalent mortgage would be at 6%, let's say, and we can do a lot better than 6%, but that's where it's heading, uh, $4,796. Uh, dollars per month. So it's an extra $1,586 per month. And to give you the scale of that, you know, to get that equivalent repayment um, to match what it was 12 months ago, you would have to borrow around about $520,000, um, which just gives you some scope in regards to, I think the property market's holding as best it can, but just people just haven't got the affordability that they had 12 months ago. 
but also as we've talked about all things pass and we might find uh given inflation comes back down uh rates will start to flatten out and then come down again uh that's crystal ball stuff i know but that's what genuinely uh will happen in cycles once uh that inflation rates back to two to three percent but i thought yeah just some interesting statistics there so again if you fix now you could be in that circumstance that in two years time that you might regret that decision and why i like the variable rate is because you're actually in synergy with the market like that that two two percent rate that was going around you know 12 months 18 months ago We've never seen that before, and that was coming out of COVID, uh, which obviously inflated property prices quite aggressively. Uh, that was almost a once in a once in an absolute generation that we would see that type of low interest rate. So again, I think things will come back into order uh, coming into the back of the end of the year and into 2024. But uh, yeah, unless you have a specific reason to fix. Um, which there could be, yeah, there could be. You want to know what your price, what your repayments are going to be, and you have every right to that. Uh, but certainly, the market trends are telling us that people are not fixing at the moment. Uh, what do you think about that, fellas? Uh, I think it, it's, it's simple numbers too, and I, I think it's important. And I'm, I'm glad you said that there could be some reasons to fix. So it's important to know this. Mm. This is general advice, and it's you know not advice for everyone. Everyone's got their own mm-hmm. situation. So, if you need to speak to someone, please do reach out. But yeah, we're at we're pretty much nearing the top of an interest rate cycle at the moment. Um, if you listen to most of the chief economists, you know we're probably going to get 0.25 tomorrow, as you rightfully said, Marty, and then maybe 0.25 in March, and then that should be it, and they'll see what happens. So, um. You could probably help me out here, Marty, but I think so. From a ver- if you've got a variable home loan at the moment, you're probably paying about five percent, um, whereas most of the fixed rates are up towards six percent, from what I could see. So, why would you fix into a uh, an interest rate that's one percent higher than what mm. your current variable rate is? Even if we get another half a percent, you're still going to be under that six percent fixed rate on a variable. You're going to go to five to five point five. And then from there, everyone's predicting the rates will come back down. So you've also got to look at the rates and go, okay, well, I'm actually fixing into something that's maybe 1% higher than my current rate, and I can't see the rates going another 1%. So simple maths there too. Um, if you're just really trying to make sure that you get the best rate, uh, not so much um, you know, if you're looking for steady cash flow or, or other reasons you might fix. you know. And what, what you find, Nick, too, is that you'll know this as well, but when you come off a reverted fixed rate, sometimes the variable rate is actually higher when it reverts back. So it's really important to refinance. We're seeing a lot of clients coming off uh, fixed rates that are on 5.5, 5.8, and you could still get high fours you know, on interest rates as well. So we're still finding a lot of situations where we're saving clients uh, up to 1%, sometimes up to 1.2%. Uh, so we're, we're really, again, put yourself in the best situation given where the market's at and you know, get a professional in your corner to make sure you're best positioned. Because uh, again, to get back a percent, it's, uh, it's pretty handy in this day and age, that's for sure. It's definitely uh, one of the top questions that we're finding people are coming to us with is, should I fix or should I remain variable? And I kind of had the same same thoughts that you just went into, Nick, of you know the fixed, 
the banks have already priced in so many rate rises into the fixed rate at the moment that it's going to take quite a few months to get from where we are variable to where we are fixed. Again, though, I had you know a good good friend of mine go, you know what? I just want certainty. I just want to know what my repayment's going to be. And even if all of the predictions are wrong and the rates go up, I know that I've got my, what I'm paying is what I'm paying. And hey, if it goes down, cool. Yes, I've missed out on on the upside of a couple of rate, you know, the rates going down. But for now, I just needed certainty and I needed to know what my repayment was going to be for my own uh, risk appetite or risk tolerance. So um, there are those and some will do half-half, some will fix half, and some will leave half variable, and that leaves them feeling like they've hedged a little bit as well. Yeah, it makes sense. I still, and again, not advice, but it's why it's, it's so important to have people around you that mm. um, that are across this stuff because yeah, you know, we're pretty much at the peak of a rate cycle. We're about to get there, so yeah, you know, these conversations tend to be deep and long. And like for us with our clients, if he's if it is a cash flow thing, okay, well, what is the cash flow? Are you are you living week to week and you can't afford any sort of variability? Um, then if you can afford some variability, maybe, you know, you just don't fix for now. Because fixing was never as popular as it has been. And, and the what people need to understand is where we are at the moment is a normal uh, market as far as fixed versus variable. And I think people might be um, a little bit skewed on their decision making based on what's happened in the last couple of years with these two percent fixed mm-hmm. rates, one point nine nine. That was because of a pandemic, um, and that was because the government lent out dirt cheap money to banks, um, so banks could afford to to lend out dirt cheap interest rates, and everything didn't fall over. So, what we're seeing now is a normal market for fixed versus variable, where fixed is generally a little bit above um, variable because the banks. You know, factoring in um, some some rate rises or, or, or whatnot, or just really um, making sure that they protect their downside. So, yeah, it's very important to get educated around, um, I guess, the pros and cons, um, and understanding what's happening in the market and why banks price fixed rates and variable rates as as they do. We're just seeing some evidence that the four and five year fixed rates are coming down as mm. well, which is a good indication that the long term outlook. Uh, is is better in regards to rates. So that's probably the first time I've seen that happen has happened in the last couple of months. So, you know, to give a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of context around that, uh, I think uh, we might be at that top of the cycle. But again, we always pressure test uh, with clients, look at their individual situation, see what happens if rates go up another 1.5% to 2% uh, just to make sure they're okay. So we're always doing due diligence around that. But again, we've never seen 2% rates before and we may not ever see it again. And, and, and Nick's right in saying this is a fair market and we, if we haven't seen what we've seen over the last two years, uh, we wouldn't even be concerned about whether we need to fix or not really. <laughs> From a practical sense, you know, we wanted to talk about uh, what, what we can do with all of these uh, fixed rate home loans coming off. Um, for those listeners out there that may have been at a barbecue where their friends talking about, should I fix or should, should I remain variable? Um, the baby showers, the birthdays, you know, all the things that people have been out and about and enjoying, uh, over summer here in, in Melbourne and Australia, what, what practically should they be doing? I mean, is this as simple as jumping on the Innovate website and, and punching in their details and somebody will give them a call or what, what are the steps that our listeners should take? Uh, Nick and Marty? Oh, well, definitely. Yes. If people need help, um, by all means, yeah, they can uh, inquire through our website. They can inquire through the numbers game for sure. But 
I guess the main thing is whether it's us or someone else, and we'd obviously love to help, but just get advice before you make the decision. Mm. Um, don't make the decision because you think it's the right thing to do or you've read something. Go and speak to an expert and understand mm. it. Um, yeah, anything to add to that, Marty? Or oh, I would also say if you have the capability to deleverage debt, if you've got decent incomes coming in and you deleverage debt, that's always going to save you more money than worrying about a slight discrepancy of interest rate again. So again, it's the ability for you to take control over your circumstance. And we can model that out to show you, you know, what 1% or $1,000 a month or $500 a month, the impact that can make in putting that into your mortgage. So mm. I would say, you know, if you're on a variable, because fixed rates, you also can only make a limited amount of additional repayments yep. as well uh, during the fixed rate period. Usually it's about 10000 during that fixed rate period. So, yeah, so I would always say that uh, if you want to, you know, if you want to be empowered with your mortgage, again, deleveraging that as effectively as possible is great. Mm. Uh, if not, then certainly you want to pressure test, see what rates you're on and work out your own individual circumstances and what the professional suggests around that. I was just going to say, throw in there, just because i got the numbers in front of my, my face before I go back to you, Nick. Do you, and this may be a conversation that you do or don't have because it's a bit of a daunting number, but um, I was just looking at an $800,000 home loan, like the example you you were using, Marty. And even from 4% to 6%, over the life of that loan, you go from paying $1.35 million to $1.75 million to, to, to pay back your house if you just meet the monthly repayments. So 2% actually equates to an extra $400,000 out of your pocket to, to be able to pay for your home. Um, you know, so there's so much you've got to get right over the lifetime of that loan to go, did your property go up enough in value to warrant the money you've put into the loan? And so on and so forth. So I, I think that advice of, you know, that ch choosing between fixed and variable and having the ability to pay back ahead of time if you remain variable and what that does to the long-term effect of the loan, all all things that, you know, talking to a professional, you wouldn't get if you were just yeah. kind of... And, and Chase, you got to think about, it's a great stat to bring up because you got to think about what that property be worth in 30 years too mm. in comparison to that upsweep. And in the moment of living in reality, you know, you're going dollar for dollar. You don't think about that, but mm. it's incredible if you were to model out, all right, what is that house that's worth a million bucks that you borrowed 800 on in 30 years' time? You'll probably find that there's a, you know, a quadruple increase given mm. uh, historic data. So, yeah, all of a sudden that 400,000 equates to, you know, 4 million upside mm. or 3 million upside equity. So it puts it into, you know, it puts it into the parameters of going, uh, yep. That's something that we can we can model out, but also in regards to if interest rate comes back as well, uh, you know that makes an impact on that. But I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people see that upswing and see the impact over 30 years, but also you've got to weigh that up against mm. the impact of the asset growing as well in that time, which a lot a lot of time goes gets missed. I think um, I think it's important to to let people know there are options out there. They are struggling as well. Um, mm. One of the concerns, as Marty stated, all these loans coming off eight hundred thousand, um, coming off fixed rates, is that you know, people have gone into property at a reasonably high purchase price during COVID. Like things were flying, um, most areas were, were were going really well, so they're coming out of these two percent two percent fixed rates and then moving to 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 five percent. And Marty showed the impact of that. So 
I just wanted to run through an example. Um, this is an example that happened in this office recently of someone who we've got through or we've, we're going to be helping them getting through a rough period. They've come out of the 2%, they're going into 5%. And for this particular couple, it was, um, I guess, what they were facing was ha- was needing to sell their property. Uh, and this can, th- th- this is a lot of investors at the moment as well. So I think um, I think it's important for people Again, to get that professional help, not to just go, geez, we can't afford that, so we're going to sell. Understand mm-hmm. that there's some other options out there um, and there can be some short-term solutions. So just this particular couple that, I, um, that I'll run through, they had a, a home loan of uh, $480,000. Um, their interest rate was at 5.5%. So on that home loan, they were paying 2725 bucks a month. They had two car loans. One was four hundred dollars a month. One was eight hundred and fifty a month, and that's quite common. You'll see, you know, mum and dad both got a car, both got car loans. Um, they also had a credit card that they were struggling to to get down, so they were paying interest on the credit card of three seventy five a month, um, but that debt wasn't going anywhere. So their total repayments were four thousand three hundred and fifty bucks a month. Um, go back two years ago, that was quite achievable because they're only paying two percent on their home loan. Um, I'll go back a year ago and that was quite achievable, but now it's becoming a problem um, to to the extent that they were considering selling. <clears throat> so this couple had equity in their house. Their house was worth $800,000, so there's plenty of equity in it. So all that we've done is we've consolidated all of that debt into the one home loan. So if we take the two car loans and the home loan together, that brings a total debt up to 553000 Their house with us was worth 800000 so more than enough equity. We've got their home loan repayment down to 5.2. Uh, so we've done a little bit better on their home loan repayment. The car loan, the credit card, the two car loans and the credit card are now gone. They've been absorbed mm-hmm. into the home loan. So their new repayment for all of that debt has come down to $3,036 a month, um, which is about a $1,300 a month saving. Um, or I'll, I won't use the word saving, I'll use difference. Um, mm. It's important for people to understand what this does. So. You know, this couple might have had 25 years left to, to run on their home loan. What we've done is we've extend that, extended that term back out to 30 years and the car loans might have been um, had three years left. We've extended those out to 30 years because we've put them against the house. So what people need to remember here is that if they just continue to pay that minimum payment on that new debt, they're going to pay more interest over the long term mm-hmm. because they've spread those car loans over 30 years now and they've pushed out their home loan term. So you need to be really disciplined in any spare cash flow that you do have going back into the home loan. And I I would still prefer this over selling the house. Like if you've got a family, you can't even fathom selling a house. So this is always going to be a better situation than selling. But what we did for this couple is we ran a calculator and all these calculators are on our Innovate website. If they took that that $1,300 a month and put that back into the mortgage, so let's say we get through this interest rate cycle, um, the rates start to come back down and all of a sudden they've got $1,300 a month in spare cash flow. By putting that back into their mortgage, they actually reduce their loan term by 14 years. So that home loan that was over 30 years will be repaid in 16 years and the interest saving was about 250000 just from that 1300 bucks a month. So you know, back to your point, Marty and Jace, what you just read about the power of compounding. Mm. So 
it's to get you out of a rough situation, but it requires discipline when you do have spare cash flow to make sure that you continue to um, to pay down your debt. So that's a really common example. 500 grand owing on the house, a couple of car loans and a credit card, gone from 2% to 5%. Make sure that you're getting advice and make sure that there's not another solution for you before you think you have to be someone that puts your house on the market. Got a brilliant analysis of that. We mm. see that day in, day out. And the key on the back of that strategy is don't go out and buy and upgrade another car. <laughs> don't do the same thing, right? Get into the same predicament. So, you know, utilize that advantage in cash flow to, to pay down debt. And that's a prime example of how you can get ahead in even a challenging time. Um, we see that that is such a common scenario. So, yeah, well well presented, Nick. Uh, and, and even from my side, like, you know, what I see with clients and what they can get up to with debt and cars and, you know, their home loans and the positions they get in, having someone actually workshop a solution. And again, this is, you know, in previous episodes, we've talked about AI and, you know, these things, but there's nothing better than creativeness and problem solving and complex problem solving where you can take a few different problems and workshop a solution that works for people and knowing their circumstances and their feelings. So I think that's been unreal. And we've seen several examples of, you know, working with you guys and having our clients come back with uh, solutions that were tailored to their circumstances. I think that's the most important thing too is having those conversations and asking questions about not just what's going on now, but what are your plans in the future too? Like is are there ways we can make sure that what we're setting up now works for, you know, for example, a future property acquisition, you know, do you want to upgrade your home? Are you going to buy an investment property? And there's things you can do today to unlock that and make that a reality. So nah, love it guys. Huge. Well, I like that too, Nick is in, yeah, yeah. In business, sometimes I mean, paid employees t- make up about eighty percent of the market, and uh, you know, business owners can try and work harder, could generate more income to combat sometimes the expenses rising. Um, whereas you know, paid employees generally they have their fixed uh, they have their fixed wage, and sometimes they don't have that ability to go out and generate a lot of extra income. So you know. In the norm, I go, well, you have to look at those types of situations to consolidate debt, put yourself in a better position and decrease expenses. Um, I think that's that's a great scenario uh, for people to really take note of and act upon. It's been another episode of The Numbers Game. This one brought to you by the fantastic team at Innovate and a pretty much an Innovate uh, episode. It's uh, totally shown the skills and knowledge of you two boys, Nick and Marty, and uh, I think we've really left everyone with some... Uh, practical things they can do over the the near future and beyond to make sure they're managing their uh, interest rates and home loans so uh guys what an episode thank you very much game over lads